Welcome, Pouty fans, to the emergency news breaking podcast. That is, is the Chirp and Yost podcast. Your favorite podcast. I'm Tyler. Joining me is Matt Haynes here. Uh, Professor Grant. And we're on most of the road. Uh, and he's waiting on snow. Going back home, safely out of the park. On the park in the comfort of a Fry's parking lot recording podcast for you guys today. Before we get into it, boys, how are we doing? Doing pretty good. I just glad this Sega is over. It's felt like it's taken up way too much of my time the last year or so. You boys? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, long day on my way home finally. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, so I guess uh, the trade has finally happened. We finally got our results here. Um, a 2023 conditional first rounder, and then it was what a 24 second rounder, and then uh, man, it's Haynes left the studio. What's, what's the uh, trade details for me? My dad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wire squad of fame. Conditional 2023 first-round pick, a conditional second-rounder in 2024. That was originally from the Washington Capitals and a 2026 second-round selection. Thank you, sir. So, what are, um, Matt, I'll start with you. Um, what, uh, what are your initial thoughts? We'll go to Grandy and I'll wrap it up. Uh, so, I like the deal. Um initially it was kind of like uh you know this looks a little underwhelming on the return but um the more i've kind of had a chance to sit and and look it over the more i like it um i don't know how much stock you guys put into gsva of draft picks but it's basically rating value based on the position of a pick um at 15 which might be a little high based on where ottawa sits right now and where they could potentially finish um they give it a 4.9 as a gsva the difference between picking at 15 and let's say 32nd um which is 2.7 is you know a 2.2 drop that's a fair drop and that would assume that you know they traded him to carolina or you know, Boston, where he potentially wins a cup and you end up picking 32nd, um, it's a 2.2 drop. To see that same drop from 32nd, you have to go all the way down to the 105th pick from 32. So the gap between picking in the middle of the first round and the end of the first round is essentially the difference of picking the end of the first round or picking near the end of the fourth round. So in terms of value, Ottawa being a trade, the trade partner and not seeing the second first round pick come back with it. Um, I, I'm okay with it from that standpoint. I think the quality of player that they'll get somewhere between, you know, potentially 10 and maybe 18, because let's, let's be honest, they're not beating, Carolina or Boston in the wild card round, if they were to make the playoffs, you know, that, that pick is somewhere between 10 and 18. 
I, I just I think there's a lot more value there than picking at 30 or 31 or you know 32 in that area and getting to have you know another very late first round pick the following year. So I I do like it a lot more now than I did when the trade happened. Um, I more than anything I'm glad the saga is over. I think it's dragged on for so long that it actually tired out a lot of fans. It tired out you know, uh, a lot of people reporting on it. I imagine it tired out the team, uh, even though nobody on the team will ever say it did. But I'm more than anything, I'm glad this is over and the team can start to move forward. Well said, man. Well said. Granny, Sarah, what you got? Honestly, I like to trade almost right off the get-go. Um... I at first had a vague sense of disappointment that there was no prospect in the trade back to us, but I mean, the uh, Senators made it pretty clear that they weren't going to trade Ridley Gregg or um, Shane Pinto. So after that, it's like, do you want a Lassie Thompson or a guy like that? These guys are a third-pairing defenseman at best. Is that really something to dislike? trade over and then the biggest thing for me is I was convinced we were getting a late first round pick I was actually talking to Matt earlier today hoping that the Detroit Red Wings got involved because I was convinced the best overall pick we could get would be the, the Islanders pick the Senators pick is better than the Islanders pick this is the best possible pick we could have gotten right now at the deadline. Now, there might be an argument that if we had waited till the draft, it became, the picks might have opened up more and somebody might have been willing to trade a higher pick. I, I'm not certain in this draft that there's going to be that many top picks moved. I think there's potential there, but I, don't, I just don't see it for the most part. Um, so to get a pick that looks destined for the lottery is great. This pick, I don't think it's going to, unless they win the lottery, it's not going to hit their protections. They're not that bad that it's going to hit their protections. It's pretty solidly going to finish somewhere in the eight to 15 range. And that's great. We've talked about this. In personal conversations, we've talked about this in our group chats. We've talked about this everywhere. There is a tier of prospects from 8 to 15 that we want to get a second pick in or just take them, find a way to get one of these guys. And we did that with this. And there's still two additional second round picks coming up that um, GMBA has shown he can make pretty good second-round picks. We already have a second-round pick on the roster in J.J. Moser from him. Overall, I really like the trade. It's just, to me, the value difference between drafting 8 to 15 or drafting 25 to 32 far outweighs getting a second first-round pick far outweighs getting a prospect that a team would be willing to trade away in this type of trade. So 
I'm okay with it. I'm glad, and just like everyone else, I'm glad this is over. I'm glad that after Friday, we're not going to be talking about this again for a while, at least. And I'm glad that Chikrin gets to go and play for a team that that's pretty close to his hometown team when he lives in Canada. So, all told, I think this is a good win-win trade for everyone. You know, the whole trade, I guess, the way I'm seeing it is that, uh, like I said, before we recorded, it's a kid at Christmas, you know, like your, your sibling kind of tips off, you're kind of getting one thing, so like, okay, cool, we're going to get a big haul, this is a big deal, like we're, GMBA is waiting for the right deal, we get the deal, and it's not as big as you thought, you're still happy, obviously, you still got a great gift, you didn't get the gift you thought, but that's okay, you know, that's not a hate, again, I have, as I've said in many podcasts, fully drink the GMBA Kool-Aid here, so... And I did watch some YouTube videos I saw, like Onike List on YouTube, shout out to him. Uh, just a couple of videos just to see, like, hey, what if, what's the internet thing? You know, a lot of people saying we got fleeced, but I'm glad hearing you and Matt, and I'm sure Haynes will also add to that as well, um, make it seem like it, it wasn't such a bad fleece at all. So that makes you feel a little bit better. I thought for a second, oh, joy. Here we go. But anyways, Haynes, want this up there? Yeah, I mean, you you guys have all kind of really said everything that, you know, you're going to hear from most insiders. I mean, so this is more, you know, personal opinion from all of us here. I think this was a trade that um, I think has seen so much um, kind of feedback, both good and bad. Uh, a lot of people see this as the Senators completely fleecing us, quote-unquote, and a trade, and some people – see this as a really good trade for the Coyotes in the long run. And I see it, you know, some people say the Coyotes could have gotten more out of it. And at the end of the day, we have to understand certain, uh, certain things here. I mean, this is um, the way the NHL is right now. There's a lot of teams that are cash strapped right now. The Coyotes made it very adamant from the start. They didn't want to retain salary from Jacob Chickren here. They want to walk out of this without having to retain anything. So um, that was one of the biggest issues for the Coyotes with making a deal with someone was was finding a trade partner that had the money, didn't expect the Coyotes to take on a cap, take on some of that cap. So that was a big area of concern um for Armstrong looking at any, you know, he kinda had to work with that. And then the asking price. I know everybody said it was too high. We've seen what some of these other guys have gotten so far on the deadline. So I don't think the asking price was too big. I think it was more of there was a lot of players the Coyotes would have liked to have had and a lot of teams shut them down. And the Coyotes weren't willing to take salary cap. And that, you know, hurt them at the end of the day trying to make a deal with someone. But um, I like the overall trade. I think the Coyotes got themselves, um, I think, a pretty good return here for Jacob Chikrin. I think that um, the possibility of these picks turning into something big is there is that good chance that, like you guys said, we might get another pick here between 8 and 12, 6, 12, somewhere in that range. So, I mean, it's a good trade. And we also do have to realize that, Ottawa was probably the most realistic option in terms of getting a draft pick in this in this situation in which it falls potentially somewhere between 6 and 12. Um, it, it wasn't going to happen, like you guys have said, with your other contenders like Boston and, and, you know, and like Edmonton and teams like that. Those teams are higher up. Their picks would be late 20s uh, and all that. So – it really came down to the Coyotes of, and especially Armstrong. He said himself, it really came down to, um, we wanted to get a pick that would fall somewhere in the top 15 that would uh, 
would add to us and give us that uh, that option of having a second pick in that top 15. So I think at the end of the day, when he saw that uh, Ottawa, who they originally had taught before, when they uh, had come back to Ottawa and softened a little bit on their deal about what they wanted, I think the biggest thing there for the Coyotes was just, um, you know, they, they knew what Ottawa had pick-wise, and the Coyotes saw that, and they said, you know, our very team that's coming towards us, you guys offer the highest return in terms of a potential draft spot for the pick you guys have to offer. So I think it came down to that at the end of the day. I mean, I think people are still five years from now going to say the Coyotes maybe could have gotten more out of this. And, you know, they maybe could have. This has gone on for two years now. And, you know, we're happy to see the saga in. And, you know, I, I wish Jacob Chickren the best in Ottawa and hope that, you know, the maybe that's the, the Senators need to make a playoff push there. But um, it, it was a trade that was – could have happened a little bit sooner. There may have been, could have been a bigger return if he was drafted or uh, traded sooner. But you know, hockey's a business. It this happens in the day. Sometimes deals are stalled, and this was a situation of that where a deal was stalled for an extended extended period of time. So, um, I like the overall trade. I think it's um, we really don't know how this is going to pan out in the future. Um, the Coyotes have a lot to kind of work with here. Um, this pick could come out and be a six to 12 you know it could go later um so the coyotes really have to just kind of sit here and wait and see what goes on you really can't judge this trade until a few years down the line when you know those those picks have now been determined what spots they're going to be and who the coyotes take so um i'm excited about the trade i like the return i'm just happy that chikrin doesn't have to sit out any longer and have to deal with this all i know it's something that he didn't want to have to do and I uh, wish him the best, wish him luck, and hopefully a playoff push. And I'm happy for the Coyotes, and let's let's go and draft some great guys that will help this franchise turn it around. One piece of positive news. Yeah. Just one quick thing I wanted to add real quick. One, Yeah, one quick thing I wanted to add real quick is I have seen a couple of people complaining on Twitter that we couldn't – or why was the pick protected? Why couldn't we get an unprotected pick? The New Jersey Devils protected their pick, and they are essentially locked into a playoff spot. Nobody is trading away a 2023 pick unprotected. It's not happening. So it's just don't. That wasn't that was never happening. Anyways, carry on. I was going to say that, hey, this is a good time if you like the reverse retro or the Arizona Ice to get you a ticker in Jersey. You could do a discounted. You want to jump in and get one of those? One advantage to your player being traded. I got a Gosses Bear. Oh, actually, it was already on sale and I got it, but so, you know. Works out. Looks like we lost a minute. So, but uh, yeah, and just to let the audience out there know, uh, Friday we are recording our full thoughts on the entire deadline. We'll actually be recording it live. Uh, well, live as the, the deadline is happening, I should say. Uh, that'll be out Friday evening as soon as we're done recording. I'm going to basically just trim it up. And send it out there. So maybe a bit more raw than the footage you're used to, but uh, trying something new for this year's deadline. So, boys, before we kind of uh, put this to bed, do you guys have anything else you want to add? Yeah, that show. Don't expect us to break very many trades while on that show. That's it. uh, They've all all happened. So we're just going to be talking about what's happened over the last week on Friday. Yeah, but you know, this will be fun. We'll make it fun. We'll have some. I'll propose some different uh, little scenario. I'm trying to come up with the good questions to say, not scenarios, uh, to ask you boys when we're on there and kind of get some good conversation going. So definitely looking forward to that. So, um, James, you got anything to wrap it up with, sir? 
No, I mean, people are not happy with, you know, the, the rebuild still. I mean, we, I still see the comments. People aren't thrilled about where we are currently as a team. And I understand their frustrations, but you know, you, you, this is the way you build nowadays in the modern era of sports is you, you build to a draft and the way you do that is by amassing picks. So it, it's a business at the end of the day. Like I said, hockey's a business, all sports are businesses and the Coyotes are going to build something great in Arizona uh, for the future, but it's going to take some time and fans have to be prepared for it. And I know you like these guys, but it, hockey's a business world and, and trades like this have to happen to in order to secure a brighter future. So um, I think we're not done seeing moves. I know Bukestad's a scratch tonight and I know that he's, they're working on a deal for him. Um, I know Nick Ritchie's been talked about. And I know that there's been the rumors thrown out between either Karel Vimelka or Connor Ingram. So I don't think the Kaiser are done making trades here. I think there might be one or two more deals that get pulled here before Friday's deadline. But uh, just to the fans that real fast before we go, just to the fans that, you know, it, it's hard. Trust me, being a fan of this team as you guys are, it, it's been hard being a fan of this team. It is. And I know that for the most of this team's existence, it feels like they've always been in a, in a sort of a rebuild. And, um, you know, it's never fun and all that. And it, and it sucks to see guys get traded. We've seen guys like Yandel and OEL and Connor Garland and, and all these other guys get traded over the years and Max Domi and Nancy DeClaire. So uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to watch those guys get moved. Um, it, it's tough to have to sit here year after year and hear the comments from people and, and see where we are and all that. But the Kaiser are, are serious for once about what they're doing. As much as you may not like it, the Kaiser are serious about a rebuild. They're serious about getting this right to secure a bright future in which for the next 10 plus years or so, they don't have to worry about people ragging on them and, and, and calling just, you know, quote unquote poverty. I mean, this is, this is how they have to do it. It's going to suck. You can say that, you know, we can just sign players. It's not going to work that way. You you can sign guys. Yeah. But you're going to have to build this future through a draft and with the little core you have now. So um, just buckle up, Kai's fans. It, it's it's still a long away. We still have some time, but um, we have a bright team that built Armstrong and Alex Morello and the and the whole organization and all that is building. So just just hang in there. Uh, Matt, last words before we put this to bed. We're still there. Yeah. I'll do it a few minutes or a few seconds. Okay, so Matt, we lost you, um, but from all of us here at the Chirping Yotes podcast, we're excited to see you guys again on Friday. Um, until then, have a good one.